Traveler, welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. It's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea, or maybe ale. All right, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy. Think of them like bubbles that sometimes rise up in a bog, only they are rising from the dark one as the seals weaken, and instead of rotting smells, they are full of, well, evil. They drift along the pattern until they burst, and when they do, anything can happen. Anything. Your own reflection can leap out of the mirror and try to kill you. Believe me. Rand, Chapter 3, Lord of Chaos. Bubbles of Evil. Bubbles of evil. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back. I'm here with my personal bubble of evil, Tracy. <laughs> oh, flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> and I'm here with my friend Amber, who is always wittier than I am. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, <laughs> instead of rotten smells, I'm here with my friend Amber. <laughs> take let's do that again no nope i'm leaving I'm it okay good i like that i this like our little goof ups yeah this is the road to tarvalin a wheel of time podcast and if you haven't guessed today is spooky season and we're talking bubbles of evil this was such a good idea like i remember when you suggested it, i think it was during one of our recordings where you were like oh, we should do bubbles of evil and i was like oh my gosh and I kind of wondered if there was going to be enough material in some ways for this. But like after looking up stuff online, I realized these bubbles of evil are so much more expansive than I had necessarily recognized while I was reading the series. So I'm really excited that we get to do this. Okay. Bubbles of evil. That's right. It's spooky season, and we can't let this time of year pass us by without pausing in our recap of The Great Hunt and give some attention to some some of the truly horrific moments in the Wheel of Time series. We were hesitant for a minute that we weren't going to get the darkness and grit in the TV series that we see in the books, but the Shadow Spawn teaser really hit it out of the park, and we are ready for decapitations and gore aplenty. Huzzah! <laughs> How was that? Was that good? That was great. <laughs> Today we'll take a walk through some of the most memorable bubbles of evil moments and then some that are maybe a little bit more obscure. This is a full spoiler episode, so you have been warned. And maybe take this time to read on or if you don't care about spoilers whatsoever and you like to live on the edge, then join sit back us. And join us. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these moments are some of the very best moments in the in the series, in my opinion. Should we start off with the Great Hunt? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we should. And have we kind of explained what Bubbles of Evil are before we dive into them? Because that's, I always forget. In the quote at the beginning, it's pretty easily summed up. Mm-hmm. But 
as the seals are breaking, the fabric of what their world is kind mm-hmm. of starts to fall apart and things become unbelievable to a mm-hmm. point. It's like everything can deceive you. Things mm-hmm. that are stationary, normal objects can jump out and try and kill you. Mm-hmm. There are places where people almost become ghosts. There are parts where the ground starts to pull people under like a bog, mm-hmm. like wet cement. And people who just like leech a bunch of bugs out of their body, like a lot of gross stuff, a mm-hmm. lot of kind of nightmarish stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is, I feel like, besides the shadow spawn, are really our only kind of horror mm. type work in that we mm-hmm. get. I mean, some of the Forsaken can be pretty creepy, mm-hmm. but a lot of them, to me, are kind of just humorous, where they're almost unbelievably, like, <laughs> villainous. <laughs> yes a little cartoony and I Mm -hmm. I guess some of the bubbles of evil are too Mm -hmm. but I think it's Perrin that kind of works it out for himself to say that he feels as though Tavirin may draw bubbles to them more often than your average person I can't remember if it was Moraine that had suggested it but one of the things that I was reading over he was talking to Fayil about it and was like I have a feeling this is going to follow me around because of who I am and that's really interesting because there's three of them and we do get moments where they're all being attacked at the same time and then we Mm -hmm. also get moments where they're nowhere nearby and it's just happening to random other places it feels Mm -hmm. like so and too there's there's even rumors throughout the book where a passerby not one of our main characters will mention mm-hmm. rumors of mm-hmm. strange things mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. And yeah. I think like talking calves or like two headed animals and like just weird, bizarre signs that people are like, have you heard about this? Have you seen mm-hmm. this? Anyone else? So yeah, it's definitely another one of those dark, creepy tactics to show that, the world that we started in is not the world we're going to be involved in through the rest of the series. And I yeah. I like that because it's also like a gradual thing. It does feel like slow bubbles coming up from something thick and dark underneath. And I like that imagery that goes along with it. So, yeah, great hunt. That's I, That's our first one, right? This has to be the worst bubble of evil. I mean. <laughs> it's a baby bubble. It's yeah, just little it's, tiny. We just covered this. It's when Rand and Lan are practicing up on the, I think, the walls of yep. the Valdara mm-hmm. Tower. And the wind becomes <laughs> like a wall almost and just pushes Rand into Lan's practice sword. Yeah. And they both kind of have this moment of like looking at each other and Lan's like, that was the worst move I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Nice try. And Rand <laughs> is like, the wind pushed me. And Lan says, well, strange things happen this close to the blight. And yeah, this is a bubble of evil, but 
It's not particularly scary. It's not one of those things where when I first read it, I was like, ooh, what's this all about? Right? I'm just like, yeah. oh, it's just this, you know, freaky wheel stuff. Mm-hmm. All kinds of weird things can happen. So it mm-hmm. wasn't on my radar as something to like look out for. So I kind of just like skimmed over it and never mm-hmm. really thought about it again. Yeah, I think you were the one that had suggested it in our recording that it might be our first bubble of evil that we encounter in the series. And I didn't know. And so when I went in and was like looking stuff up and it said that it's confirmed as that, I was like, okay, like that makes sense. And Mm Leon doesn't completely seem to believe that. It's almost like he's putting Rand at ease. Yeah. He's like trying to make Mm -hmm. him feel better. Maybe he's also trying to make himself feel better because he may not necessarily be aware Mm -hmm. of the fact that these bubbles are starting to come to the surface. And if anyone's going to attract one, it's going to be Rand. And it just kind of makes sense. And they're always, they're always deadly. Like that's always the intent of one of these bubbles of evil. It's not, it's not to slow down or maim. It is to kill. So the fact that like Lan and Rand were working with practice swords at the time, like Rand's injured but he's not dead like he would have been had it been like right. an actual sword. This one was a it was a baby bubble. It was a baby bubble. Just a little baby bubble. Just getting started. And how terrifying it was. Not right. <laughs> Well, okay. Everyone just pats that little bubble on the head. Nice try, you buddy. Did, you it's did okay. your best. Yeah, you tried. You tried. Too bad it sucked. The next one is the first one that's really like Where it grabs your attention. Yes, absolutely. In my opinion, when I read this, I could not visualize this in my head Mm, in any mm -hmm. other way than it being the silliest thing ever. Okay. Just super cartoony, super wacky. It didn't feel... It didn't feel as scary as it felt kind of like hokey. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And I think it's because of the little rands. The little tiny, little tiny baby rands. Yeah. (laughs) The people coming out of the cards to attack Matt. Like, I'm just like, I mean, I don't know. It's like that that aha take on me video. Or like, (laughs) like, I just see like a caricature, like a sketch of a little person jumping off the page and being like, Mm -hmm. with a little, you know, like, I'm gonna get ya, like, poking at him and everyone just looking like, is this for real? Mm -hmm. Are we high? I mean, what's going on? There's a point following this chapter in The Shadow Rising, which is one of the coolest Rand moments. Mm -hmm. And his room is completely destroyed Everyone comes in, and I think his bed sheets are just, like, torn to shreds. Like, mm-hmm. I picture, like, feathers from the pillows everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just everywhere. Just everything a mess. And they're trying to tell Rand, like, come, we'll get a new room ready for mm-hmm. you. And he's like, no, I'm tired of running. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be forced out of my room for yep. something like this. Mm-hmm. And Lan says, Tyshar. Tyshar Manetherin. Yeah. And I kind of, like, see it as this small little, like, bonding moment between 
Rand and Lan. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it, like despite it being one of those kind of like heartfelt moments, I I also feel like a little weird about it because this is Lan pushing Rand into this position, like be strong, be manly, like hard, mm-hmm. be stone Rand. And we know where that leads to. That's a good point. So it's kind of like encouragement from Lan, but maybe like the wrong type of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. not everything has to be strong, hard. And not everything has to rest on just your shoulders alone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a heartfelt moment bonding between men. And then when you think about it, you're like, well, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> just because you know where Rand his story ends up and Mm -hmm. it's hard it's so Mm -hmm. hard to read what he goes through Mm -hmm. sad yeah i mean lan is just imparting the wisdom that was given to him and so he feels like he's doing the right thing that probably worked for lan Mm -hmm. i mean he's a stone-faced warrior Mm -hmm. raised by warriors raised by warriors sheep herder raised by his dad in the two rivers like they're not the same person no the background that rand has allows for a level of emotion and expressing and feeling comfortable with those emotions that lan never really got a chance to experience until he like I want to say until he becomes attached to Nynaeve and I think he even like mentions how you know he'd built the walls around his heart high Mm -hmm. and and tall and like she just pulled through so for him that was his crack but Rand's always had that foundation of kindness and caring and there's definitely something about the people in the two rivers that's very cooperative everyone works together and so it's just it's a very different baseline than different lifestyle different culture different Different expectations upbringing exactly yeah so in this particular bubble of evil it starts out, they're in Tear. So this is in the Shadow Rising. And yeah, they're in the stone. They've all mm-hmm. got their separate quarters. And each one of the Tiviran boys is off in their own separate spot doing something different. Yep. And I will say I did love how seamless mm-hmm. this chapter like just bounces from one to the next. I agree. I think that's one it's of the things. It's written really well. Yep. One of the things about this that I really like is before the moment where each of the boys are attacked, it says, outside in the darkness, a cock crowed. And so you're able to like line it up for each one that they're experiencing the same thing at the same time. Well, not exactly the same thing, but they're all undergoing this crazy experience and so Perrin is in his room with Fael and she's talking about leaving and they're not getting along so great and the cock crows and Perrin's axe attacks him I like this it's of the three this is my least favorite but I do think that Perrin's struggle with his axe is really particularly poignant because Mm -hmm. there's even the line in the book where he says, just you and me now, he snarled at the axe, blood and ashes, how I hate you. And I mean, that's him 
throughout the entire series where he's like, I just hate this axe. Now this axe is attacking him. And it's not until like he pushes Fayul out the door and he like wrestles with the axe and he like chunks it into the door. Like he allows it to come at him Mm -hmm. and then it like chunks into the door behind him. And when he opens the door, Fayul is like that far away from Mm -hmm. like the edge of the axe because it went all the way. Like it went through the door. And he was like, I couldn't have fought the way I needed to fight and save both of us. We would both be dead had I not pushed you out. Because she's like, of course, super mad that he thinks she can't handle himself or whatever. And I get it. Fayul's a fighter. I like that about her. And then for Matt, he, like you said, he's playing cards with the Tyrion nobles. And... <laughs> Um, <laughs> it just makes me laugh. I don't know. It's so funny. <laughs> Every I'm just picturing them all just sitting around, chilling, having a mm-hmm. good time, and everyone being like, "What? What? What?" Yeah. And with Matt, so I I really like this because it's also a show of Matt and his daggers at this moment where he's like pushing back from the table and almost super slow motion gets his daggers out and like attacks the cards that are attacking him and it's just it is cartoony yeah like it's so hard for me to picture like how do you attack cards like right because they're it says that they're like growing and stepping out of of the cards because at first he gets like 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 the little dagger. pinpricks. Yeah, yeah, the dagger goes into his hand from whichever of the rulers was on the cards. And then, like, of course, everyone he's hanging out with is like, I didn't see anything. I don't know what you're talking about. But we're done gambling. And Matt's, mm-hmm. like, angry. And so he's off to see Rand because he's pretty sure Rand is at the root of this. Their relationship is not so great right now. No, it really isn't. Matt's constantly blaming everything on Rand. It's all his fault. Yeah, yeah. Like, you have nothing to do with it, Matt. So with Rand's situation, he was asleep. He was having dreams about his ladies. And he hears a rustle in the darkness, and it's Berlaine. And she's like, come to seduce him. And instead... <laughs> Outside in the darkness, the cock crowed. And so he gets attacked by his own reflections, which I think for Rand is probably the most terrifying thing he could think of because emotionally, mentally, he's always battling with himself. And right. now all of a sudden this is, like, very real. How many mirrors were in his room? That- a lot, apparently. I was just like, well, I, I mean, mirrors have always been kind of... I mean, maybe not always, but especially in the past, mirrors were a sign of status and wealth because they were really expensive to manufacture. Um, So I can see with him being in a room for like a high noble or whatever. He's probably got the slickest room in the stone. Exactly. So he probably Slickest room in the stone. (laughs) That's actually what they have above the doorframe as you're coming in. So everyone knows. But this one, like the end on this one is so creepy because he basically ends up having to absorb 
these images of himself. And he knows during this fight that if somehow one of these full-sized reflections that he's fighting kills him, they're going to take everything about him, his memories, everything. And they are going to become him as he walks out the door. And he does manage to survive this moment. So after he's gone through this, it says he lay luxuriating in the fact that he was still breathing. Robert Jordan, thank you. Luxuriating in the idea of breath, of gratefulness, that just that simple in and out is there. And I appreciate that so much. So after the... Tracy. Yes, darling. What do you think would have happened if one of these reflection rands stole his identity is this maybe another would this be like maybe another turning of the wheel where the dragon reborn turned to the dark side like possibly you know i was i was wondering the same thing when i was reading it i was like what would have happened because bear lane is has been in the room through this whole Mm -hmm like battle with images of himself and she's like which one are you and he replies i am the only one there is which seems a bit cryptic i don't really know if that like answers her question clearly (laughs) or not i'm not sure if that would put me at ease at all i'd be like uh not clear enough not clear enough but i do wonder because if this entity absorbs who he is how is it not him exactly it's still his consciousness like if Mm -hmm. you if you took my brain and put it in a robot and I still had all of my same memories and Mm -hmm. thoughts and emotions and feelings of my whole past life it would still be me like just in a different body so like the 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 vessel changes but I, I don't know it's semantics I guess yeah and the thought of it adds to the depth of evil inside it because it's not like Rand wouldn't have just died. He would have died in a creature that wasn't him, that wasn't born human, if you will, is walking around being him. Would he have just done all of the same things because he had Rand's everything inside him? Or would he have been easily turned to the shadow or already belonged to the shadow if this is a bubble of evil? So... And what did those mirror rands want? Did they want to be the real rand? Is there no explanation? Is there just because or? That's a good question, too. Because he comments that, like, the only thing about them that he feels emotion through is, like, hatred towards him and the desire to kill him. And they don't work together. So... In some ways, I see them as, like, only recognizing them. They all want to be the one. Maybe they all see themselves as the real Rand. Mm-hmm. It is really interesting. Like, this particular section in the books always is one of my favorites to get to. I don't know. Perrin's not so much. I love Matt's. And Rand's is creepy but thoughtful. His is the one that I make that makes me think the most. I like Rand's. I think there's something more scary about battling something that wants to take your life. Yes. Like, yes. Take over your life and mm-hmm. live it for you as you. Yeah. Like, that it, 
to me as creepy, but someone like jumping out of a car, like not so much. <laughs> yeah, that that wouldn't that wouldn't. I would be surprised. I would take my sandal off, like <laughs> trying to smack it before they got big, like like a bug. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, little buddy? Why didn't you think of that, Matt? Study has to reach for daggers. This chapter stops with poor. Poor Rand, he's bloody, he's beaten, he's mostly naked because he had been woken up in his bed and he'd just been, mm-hmm. like, basically sleeping in his boxers. And at the end of this, he says, but for now, he only wanted to sit and remember a shepherd named Randolph Thor. I feel Sad. for him. It is. I had not realized how early in the book this was. When I thought this was chapter two, I was really surprised. I don't know why I thought it was further into the book than it was. But then, of course, like Maureen comes to heal him and whatever, and they talk about bubbles of evil. But that's the one that the three of them experience all at like the same time. Yeah. And this is the first one in the series that attacks all three of them. And that's all I've got for The Shadow Rising. I went straight to Lord of Chaos from this one. There's another one that happens before this one, but mm. it was in Ruidion. Ruidion. Mm-hmm. With the dust monsters. Is that mm-hmm. right? Okay. This one in Lord of Chaos I liked because it was the women. What chapter is it? This one in Lord of Chaos is chapter 14. Cool. I do like this one. It's a nice comparison to the way like the men handle things to seeing like how the women handle things yeah and they're in the saladar the little tower and it's taking place from Nynaeve's point of view Mm -hmm. and she's sitting up waiting late I don't remember who she's waiting on but she's trying to catch somebody doing something Mm -hmm. and She's sitting there. She's thinking, like, my butt's falling asleep from sitting on this hard stool. And she's so uncomfortable. And she's like, I just got to get up and make myself walk so I don't, like, fall asleep, Mm -hmm. get some energy. And as she stands up, the stool just, like, plows into her and almost knocks her off her feet. Mm -hmm. And she starts hearing people screaming and, you know, things jolting about. Mm -hmm. And she is really quickly joined by Elaine and they're kind of like running through opening doors, checking on people, getting people out of Mm -hmm. harm's way. And the way that Nynaeve kind of like delegates everything, I always really liked because Mm -hmm. it's kind of like if there's an accident, if you say like, call 911, people mm-hmm. will be like, who, what, where? But if you point at someone and you say, you, you call 911, like that's kind of how Nynaeve takes charge. Yeah. And she kind of like grabs a woman out of her bed and she's like, you, you go do this and yeah. you, you go do that. And they enter one room and the bed sheets are choking these women and she can see that they're starting to turn colors mm-hmm. and the way that her and Elaine are dealing with it Elaine is able to channel and use the one power and get things calmed down to fight against these inanimate objects because mm-hmm. there's pails jumping up off the ground and like flying through the air and hitting and water walls. pitchers. Yeah. And even the chamber pots are flying mm-hmm. around. So they think like, oh, how bad it smells and it's a mess. But Nynaeve 
is so angry because she can't find her inner stillness to channel and save these women. Mm -hmm. She has to wait for Elaine, basically, to do it. So she's kind of just left pointing and directing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's sad for her because... She just wants to protect people. I feel like that's kind yeah. of her main drive in in life. So she's kind of like dealing with this her own way. And then after everything settles down, the Saladar camp is like, it was one of the forsaken. We knew this would come. And then they're like, girls, girls, like everyone gather together. We're going to make a circle. And I remember this point in the book just being really profound because mm -hmm. we see through her own thoughts and emotions like what it feels like to be in this circle and how she's trying to kind of like wrestle the power away like she doesn't I think she's hesitant about feeling the one power being pulled away from her mm -hmm. at first and then as soon as she kind of like lets go to it she's just met with like this peaceful feeling of being a part of something bigger mm -hmm. of being in a group with all these women and sharing something with them it feels like a sistership in a way that the ice yes. die never really reach in yes. other in other ways and i i love this part for that reason as well it makes me want to contemplate how they will show how they will feel when we get to see our first circle mm -hmm. i mean it'll have to just be like emoting you're just gonna have to see it on someone's face because yeah. I don't think I don't know if it would have the same feeling if someone just says I feel like I'm a part of something bigger yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean it just yeah. doesn't hit it doesn't quite feel the, the same, same. Mm -hmm. but I do remember I who was it they think that it's Samael or one of the forsaken yeah. has attacked yeah. them and it's kind of just like again these Aes Sedai, <laughs> I mean, they're trying to be prepared and thoughtful, like form a circle. But again, it's like they've got it so wrong. And if they just maybe had Moraine or a Brown or someone right. who knew what was going mm -hmm. on, because at this point they could be cleaning up and going to bed. <laughs> right. Yeah. And instead. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like, is this something that they could do on the show? I mean... Things flying around, bedsheets choking people. I I feel like this would just be really hard to pull off so that it doesn't look like bed knobs and broomsticks, you know, like <laughs> I love that movie. I love that so movie. So do I. Yeah. It's on Disney Plus. I watched it recently and I was like, yes, it holds up. I still or love like, it. Yeah, yeah. Or like Beauty and the Beast, like all the silverware and stuff is dancing <laughs> right yeah it is really hard to create a scene with inanimate objects and not make it feel yeah. goofy right and exactly. this would have to feel like incredibly dangerous because that's what they are but again like how do you create a bunch of mini rands to exactly. attack rand exactly i think the only way that you could make this situation feel less hokey as if they would have to pull from like what is it exorcist moment like have <laughs> I'm serious like have the bed sheets like wrapped these women up kind of and have them like almost levitating 
being choked, Mm -hmm. like just looking very demonic because if things are just kind of whirling around the room, it's like, oh, okay. Like I, it's like Matilda. (laughs) Yeah. There are like, I'm thinking of so many different kind of like kids moments or Mm -hmm. movies, like even sword in the stone, like the Disney movie, like Mm -hmm. he has those, like I'm packing up my place and everything's dancing around. Like, and then the dish Mm -hmm. scene where all the dishes are dancing, like, you don't mm-hmm. necessarily expect these things to become malevolent and mm-hmm. like flying around with the intent of actual hurt or death as a result. Right. So it would be it would be tricky. I really hope they don't cut them out, though. I can see cutting them out, but I don't know if it would be a good idea or not like just depending on how important they feel i don't know what do you think the ones in the stone of tear and the shadow rising Mm -hmm. i just don't see any way in my head where i can think of it in a way that it doesn't look cheesy yeah this one on the other hand the only thing i could think of is if it looked like these women were being hung kind of like lifeless oh, wow. in their rooms. And wow. so like it would have to look really, really dark, like them like yeah. hanging their lifeless and yeah, less things flailing and spinning in the rooms. Yeah, that's I like it would have that. to be dark. <laughs> yeah, like that particular image is dark enough to get me to be like, yeah, I can get behind that. <laughs> I'm to- I'm so dark. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I know. I feel like I feel gross saying it out loud. Like we'll just have a couple of them like levitating, maybe hanging there, yeah. lifeless. And I'm like, yes, that's what I want. <laughs> I'm gonna stop feeling bad about it. I'm not gonna feel bad about that. <laughs> the Wheel of Time is not a happy, fun place. That's one of the things I like mm-hmm. about it. If you can't get to how dark humanity can be how life can be then that dire push for the next step isn't Mm -hmm. there so things do have to get bad can you see any way to make the stone of tear attack scarier more terrifying I i do think it's possible to do it in a way that would be scary the part with Perrin fighting with his axe, I feel like that probably wouldn't be terribly difficult to create that scene, you know? Like, that's going to be a lot of, like, the actor's expression and body work and whatnot. And, like, I'm sure they can figure out like how to Like, wrestling around with it. With an axe, yeah. Like, I see how that could happen. Matt's is a little bit harder because of like the the cards becoming like these Mm -hmm. growing things but that's another one that I actually can see too and I think it's because of how it slows down from Matt's perspective as he's like throwing his daggers like I can see the ability to create this out of CG and have it be menacing and not too much like take on me the video (laughs) i can't see it any other way that's it that's all i've got i had never thought about that and when you mentioned it i was like oh no now things are changing (laughs) (laughs) i don't mind i can hold multiple images at once it's totally fine but i do see where that one would be good it's rants that i i struggle with just because you're going to have 
broken glass, reflections of him, tiny reflections of him, broken pillows, broken pillows, destroyed pillows. Mm -hmm. Do pillows get broken? That just doesn't seem... Feathers flying. Everywhere. Everywhere. All the bed sheets and pillows torn apart. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I am sure someone out there who has, like, the creative skill to make something like this happen can do it and can make it look dark without making it look cheesy. There's always, to the opportunity that they create their own bubble of evil where it's just nothing like anything out of the books. They could, I mean, they could do anything, really. I feel like just as an Easter egg, just to, like, throw the book reader's something i feel like they have to at least take one of these bubble of evil moments and bring it in if you know if the show lasts that long and we get multiple seasons like um, i can hope i know right i'm hoping there's a couple more that happen in the rahad later so like lord of chaos Mm -hmm. and then you go forward yeah, there's quite a few that happen, I think, in Abu Dhar, but it's when they leave Abu Dhar that I think this is the first one that actually felt more somber, more mm. scary. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I could see it clear and it didn't feel cartoony. But then in this one, it's in A Knife of Dreams and mm-hmm. Matt is traveling with Fallon Luca and the whole gang, they're getting kind of antsy about just always being on the road. Mm-hmm. And they come up to what looks like a village. And there's a peddler showing up who's like quite a ways like in the distance. Mm-hmm. And Matt just has this feeling where like something is not right. Mm-hmm. And he's watching this peddler approach he can envision the peddler just like start yelling out for his best wares Mm -hmm. and what a great deal everything is and the children flocking to him. And it's just something is wrong. Something Mm -hmm. is seriously wrong. And he realizes that these people aren't alive. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a reflection of the past. That's like, sprung up around them yes and no one there is actually alive and he yells to the peddler he's like you know for god's sakes man run run they're not alive they're Mm -hmm. not alive and to me like what gives me like little goosebumps is all of the animals from valen luca's circus are Mm -hmm. just like raging yeah like the lions are roaring and the the horses are spooked and all of the animals the like bears, have this. like kind of losing it yes. too. Yeah. Yes. And I think like to me, there's something about that animal sixth sense where like animals yeah. picking up on things that humans might not notice. Yes. Yes. And two, we've got two on and she's been talking about all of these omens and prophecies. And so we've got all this going on in our heads and then like these animals just like freaking out and you're like, uh-oh. Right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That stuff is happening. Right? And mm-hmm. I think for a TV show like that would be 
sequel to see. That one is really cool to me. Like, that idea of the past coming Mm -hmm. back in a way that you can see it. And doesn't it, like, sink into the ground and disappear? The peddler starts getting pulled to his, like, his knees going under. Like, the, Mm -hmm. the ground is, like, wet cement. And he's, like, sinking into it. Yeah, he's slowly sinking, and Matt's ready to jump off of Pips to go save him, and Tuan, like, puts a hand on his shoulder and is like, no, like, there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. So he goes to grab a boat, his bow mm-hmm. and an arrow, but it had been so damp and like humid in the air that the tack for the feathers on his arrows wouldn't stay dry and he thinks oh no it won't fly true yeah i feel like i must have like just blown past that part to like get to the next part because i'm all like what that happened like i've never read it yeah uh it's just so he's he's stuck like he he wants to mercy kill this man and that's the only thing he can think of to do yeah and he says, like, watching this man, like, raise his chin up and take, like, that last, like, gasp of air before he goes down. And <sighs> it's it's one of those situations where you're reading it and you're like, oh, like, Matt, like, you know that this is hurting him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, he just wants to do what he can to help this person. Yep. And he can't. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, he can do nothing. Everything that he thinks of, he's stuck. So, yeah. Yeah. I think for this, it's more of this heavy, like, mental sadness of witnessing it happen to someone else, not mm-hmm. being able to do anything. It's not as scary. It's not as dark as some of the other bubbles of evil, but. It is highly unsettling. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just nice from being able to see Matt's point of view from mm-hmm. it all. And he's panicked. Yeah. And it's not like Matt really, because this is when, you know, he's like pretty composed. Like Mm -hmm. he's got a plan for everything. Mm -hmm. And in this moment, it just. Yeah. His impulse to run in and save is one of the things I really love about him. And we see it develop in the series because like we're only on book two right now. And I admit the great hunt Matt is not my favorite Matt. Like, (laughs) no. (laughs) When I tried telling my husband how much I really liked Matt as a character, it was while it was very early in the series, and he was completely baffled as to why Matt would be one of my favorites. And I was like, just keep reading. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think he's on Knife of Dreams right now, actually. So he'll probably be getting to that moment soon and ask me about him. That's pretty exciting. So in that particular case there's still a death that happens. Do you think it was still attracted because Matt was there? Or do you think that that bubble of evil would have happened regardless? If he would have kept going forward, Mm -hmm. he would have walked, like, right into it. He would have walked Pips, like, right into it. Mm -hmm. So, like, was it there for him or was it just there and he, you know, his luck? But I don't know. I mean... It feels like even just from the amount of rumors that we hear, Mm -hmm. it's like a widespread thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, let's go through a couple of like, I'm just kind of looking at the list here of them. 
The beetle ones is Ooh, that a one's good one. Disturbing. Is that the one that happens to the the Sean Chen clerk? I believe so. Oh yeah, there's that white tower moment when a green is visiting Leanne. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one. That That's a, a good, really one. good one. Ooh, that one really got me because I thought Leanne was a goner. Right. Not Leanne. Right. Leanne, like right. not Leanne. <laughs> Take there anyone. <laughs> there are so many other people you could have mm-hmm. chosen. Not her, please. Me yeah. and her. Hello, friends. It's time for a new ad. There's so much happening in the Wheel of Time world, and we have opportunities for you to help us continue to create quality Wheel of Time content. If you would like to help, rate us wherever you listen. This helps other people find the podcast. You can also join us on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Help create the show by joining us on Patreon. We have four different tiers with perks ranging from shoutouts to bonus content to merch not found in our Threadless store. Speaking of the Threadless shop, it's absolutely bursting with beautiful Wheel of Time designs and various items to put them on. Need a Wolf Brother t-shirt? It's there. A First Sister pin to send to your bestie? We've got them. How about a White Tower Dropout sweatshirt? You know Amber made one. The point is, we love the Wheel of Time. You love the Wheel of Time. Go get some merch that shows it. You can find links for Patreon and our Threadless shop in our show notes. One last thing. You guys are the best. Your support means the world to us. Thank you for being the amazing people, humans, sentient creatures that you are and keeping us company on the road to Tarvalin. I love the slow burn buildup, but like doing stuff like this, looking through all the books that we're going to get to, it just makes me like really eager to keep reading oh gosh and to see this show i can't believe that we're only like a, we're less, less than, than a, month. a month away less than a month less than a month mm. less than a month. oh my god okay so this is this is the gathering storm chapter six and it's called when iron melts and this Very is the aptly one named Right? Yeah. And like this is after Aguin and Leanne have been captured when they were trying to turn the chains in the harbor to Quendiar so that people, mm-hmm. they couldn't like get in and out of the harbor mm-hmm. for Tarvalon. And so they were both captured and the Aes Sedai in the tower do not believe Leanne is Leanne. So they have her. <laughs> <laughs> because why would they? No. She was stilled. She was yeah. still, she looks younger. She looks mm-hmm. a little bit different. She's back to her foxy, domani kind of yeah. approach to life, which I love. But Aguin is allowed to go visit her despite like all of the restrictions that's being placed on her. Like, Elida doesn't really see her as a threat, so this doesn't seem like a big deal. Leanne's in a cage, mm-hmm. so it could possibly happen. But during one of these visits, I think Aguin's hands are on the bars and they start to kind of like melt and then the floor of her cell starts to slope suddenly the stones beneath leanne's feet shifted and she felt herself sinking she cried out globs of melted wax starting to rain is that right globs of melted wax starting to rain down from the ceiling splattering across her face they weren't warm but they were somehow liquid they had the color of stone yeah 
Egwene is the one that saves her. Like, she reaches through and is able to yeah. hold onto Leanne so that she doesn't, like, slip Go through, through. yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, if, if that would have happened, Leanne would have suffered the same fate as that peddler that Matt saw. And Egwene mm-hmm. is all pissy because the other Aes Sedai that are there are, like, just watching this happen. And right. she's like, help me, you fools! I love that. But, like, when everything writes itself out, Leanne's dress is like covered in yeah. hard cement like stone yeah. that she has to try to it reforms it yep. rehardens and mm-hmm. she's just like like what about this is normal like right. look at me <laughs> this is not my look guys i just want you to know usually much more pulled together than this a little lighter than concrete fabric for me please yeah so it is one of those things in the series though at this moment because Lida is totally like the Forsaken are still locked up. Everything that's bad is just a bunch of rumors to make mm-hmm. everyone else feel uncomfortable. And Egwene is trying so hard to be like, don't you see the truth? Don't you see what's the happening? The last battle is here. The Shan yeah. are coming. Yeah. Like, you people are idiots. Yeah. Leah is about to fall <laughs> through a cell floor that should be solid, but suddenly is not. Mm-hmm. Like, here you go. Here's your proof. You saw it with your own eyes. Because Egwene wasn't the only one down there. There mm-hmm. were at least two other sisters and their warders down there too so for them to still continue past this and be like everything is fine is kind of weird although i just thought of something in this moment it would be interesting if she were since bubbles of evil are attracted to to Viren, because i mean why else would this bubble pick this specific location mm-hmm. so i see what you mean yeah i mean not that the bubbles of evil seem to have a direction every single time, but the mm-hmm. pull towards those who are severe and definitely seems to be present. So that's if they do that with the show, it would be interesting to have a queen be another attractor for Bubbles of Evil. And maybe they'll do different ones, like you suggested. And I love that idea. They could just do anything. I right? mean, they could just think of the creepiest stuff they can. And, and I mean, bring in a writer that does horror. Like, bring yeah. in a writer that does scary stuff. Yeah. I'm all for fresh Bubbles of Evil. I, I don't need the same old thing. I've read it several times. I'm good with something new. They can do a lot with this. Yeah. And this is another bubble of evil that I feel would translate to screen really well. I can see Madeline Madden. Yes. Like grasping same. those bars same. and then looking at them and being like, instant reaction, let's save Leanne. So yeah. this is one that I can see switched over really well. I'm just excited to see Madeline. Like, through yeah, everything. She's gonna be good. She's I, gonna be so yeah, good. I'm. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture her and Leanne right now and this like I can see it like mm-hmm. I can I see it it's so cool and there's and nothing cheesy about that one in no. my like mind's eye no no that one doesn't even hit any level of cartoon like I can see that Mm-mm. one really clearly in real life if you will should we talk about your favorite yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> so my favorite is Hinder's Tap and just real quick, Hinder's Tap is the city. It's like on the Mir- border Lugard? of Lugard. Yeah, so like it's I f- Lugard and Mirandi, I think. Yeah, on their way to Andor. So Matt's with the band of the Rend Hand, and they are on their way to Andor. And of course, since it's 
all these soldiers and they've got some ice to die with them and no supplies no supplies so they're like well there's this little village we're gonna go there we're gonna get supplies and when they walk into the town <laughs> but wait you have to say you have to say too because he wants to go in there and just get the supplies and like bring them back but no he's got these eyes that eye with him and they are requesting that they go down because i think they want to they be wanna, pampered a little bit yeah yeah they want a bath and they want to sleep in a bed and like Mm -hmm. they're like no you're not going to get us to stay here in this camp when there's an opportunity for us to sleep in an inn so they of course come with him and the thing i'm glad that you mentioned that because matt's intention besides just getting like supplies is he wants a night of gambling drinking Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. pinching barmaids and so it's because 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 he's matt (laughs) (laughs) because earlier Talmanas was like, oh, Matt, you're such a married man now. And Matt's like, I am not a bloody married man. Like, I, my days of drinking and gambling are still in front of me, and I will prove it right now to you, Talmanas. This is never going to stop. Yeah, and as they're making their way down there, like, ooh, bad vibes, bad vibes. Bad vibes. (laughs) And at first, like, what they notice as they're coming into the town is that people are they're repairing things like people are taking care of stuff and Talmanes is like oh, it's so nice to see people like working on things and like he's all happy about it because it just feels like they've seen so much destruction mm-hmm. as they've been like traveling through the Westlands and whatnot so at first it feels okay it feels a little hopeful yeah yeah don't ever don't ever feel hopeful guys it's, it's going to be the best bell yep. tie ever. <laughs> it's not the best bell tie ever. <laughs> so they are greeted eventually. Like Tom breaks off, the Aes Sedai break off, and it's just Matt and Tom Anais. And I think he sends three of the Red Guards with the Aes Sedai and keeps two with him besides Tom Anais. And they're greeted by the mayor who's like, you guys can hang out, but you have to leave before the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. There's no bending any rules. You mm-hmm. have to go. And Matt's like, that's just in a few hours. You're going to make us leave? Like, I'm looking for this stuff. Help me out. He also notices that the mayor kind of has this entourage of men that just walk around holding axes. Right, behind him. <laughs> yes. Just kind of casually. Like, they're mm-hmm. not, they're not, they're just all walking in the same direction. So let me, axes. let me ask you this. When you yeah. first read this, what, did you have anything in mind? Like, what you thought was going to happen? No. Because... I thought that they were just going to get maybe robbed or yeah. mm-hmm. I thought that these were just some ruffians and yeah. Yeah. maybe they were pulling like a... Like a con? Yeah. Like I thought maybe they were going to be some type of con men and maybe... Mm-hmm. I didn't think this was like forsaken stuff. Mm-mm. I thought this was just going to be a little side quest, mm-hmm. another bump in the road to... Mm-hmm. Make sure that Matt never freaking gets back to where he needs to be. (laughs) Poor, poor Matt. So Matt's like, all right, whatever. I'm still going to find an inn. I'm still going to gamble. I'm still going to drink. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to try to figure out how to get some supplies. So he does end up gambling, and he makes this really dramatic bet where he's like, this is my chest of gold. 
I will bet. <laughs> yes, for this whole time, he's betting and losing. And losing. And Talmanes is like, okay, Matt, I think it's time we need to go. And Matt's like, I can lose when I need to lose. Mm-hmm. So, like, the reader is kind of, like, in on the trick. You yeah. know, like, yeah. Matt's that setting something up lose. here. Yeah. yeah. He's not and there then, to win. And then the mayor is like, well, I'll, I think, I think he says, I'll flip the coin or I'll mm-hmm. toss the last dice or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Matt has, he's all out of cash now, mm-hmm. but he brings in a freaking chest, chest. a chest of gold. <laughs> and it's his, it's his personal stash. Like that's yes. the best part about it. Cause he's like, there's no way I would ever gamble the the band's pay or anything so it's it's mm-hmm. all his own money that he's throwing out there for this bet which Matt I know you try to pretend like you're yeah, not a hero like mm-hmm. you're not a good guy yeah we're on to you Matt we're on to you he's even slurring his words like well I, I don't think you have enough here to, to bet me for this chess yeah, yeah so yeah. he's putting on this whole show and I'm loving it yeah, and he does feel like a moment of nervousness because the the mayor is like, "I'll do the throw. Like you don't yeah, get to throw like, it. I get to throw will it." Will my luck still work for me if someone, if else, someone else is making the toss? Yeah, so he has like this moment of nervousness. Like, is this going to work out? And it's funny because like between all of the people or among all of the people that are there, they don't have nearly enough money for this to be Mm-mm. a worthwhile bet for Matt. So he's like, well, I am here for supplies and foodstuffs and ale and whatnot. Everybody goes running off to like gather stuff. They get them a wagon and they get them horses and ale and all the food and whatnot. And so I just have this image of like all of these, people running around like scurrying and getting things and then jumping over things to get back there because they know the guy in the tavern is like i'll get the ale like yeah. you know it's like yeah. i'll do this I'll it's get a huge that. collective then- <laughs> effort and so they pull everything together and as this is happening tamanes is like matt the sun it's like almost gone we really need to get out of here whatever it is that's happening mm-hmm. i don't want any part of it Let's go. And so the mayor throws the dice. Matt wins. And so he gets all of the food stuff. I love that the onlookers don't realize at first that if the mayor (laughs) wins, that means Matt has won. Yeah. So they have lost. Yeah. So like there's this moment of like jubilation and then and then like, oh, oh. yeah. (laughs) I love that part because then you do kind of feel like this almost somberness settling over them where they're like, oh, God. I was afraid that they were just going to, like, flat out attack. Right? (laughs) Well, and then they do, but not because they're mad about losing the wager. Yeah. Because at sundown, Hinder's Tap becomes just a melee of chaos and murder and beating people's heads into the ground until they're dead. Matt, like, observes that there are at least six corpses just in the tavern room of the inn. Talmanes is shouting about how he blames Matt for everything, and Matt's like, what did I do? (laughs) They're the ones who are attacking you. Blame them. Yeah. (laughs) But I think Talmanes has a point. (laughs) 
So they're able to get away from the group that's been attacking them in the tavern. They race off. They are slowed down when they get to like the main street of Hinder's Tap because it is just overflowing with people, men, women, children, all yeah. attacking each other. There's something so nightmarish about this. Yes. And I know that some people are not a huge fan of the Sanderson era books, but I like them. I think that this is fantastic. I agree. <laughs> I can see it in my head. I mm -hmm. can just see people biting, ripping, yep. scratching. The darkness of it, the movement of it, the shadows of it. There's that moment when little kids trying to kill each other like there's something creepy about that yeah like gnawing on people's like biting on people's ankles to yeah because they're bigger you know like it just it size didn't matter gender didn't matter nothing mattered it's just a free-for-all killing spree for everyone mm -hmm. there and when talmanes and ran and two of the red arms are galloping away the people actually get down on all fours and create like this loping style of running that's described in the book. And that is also super creepy because it takes away their humanity. They're animalistic in everything they're doing. There's no reason to what's happening. Makes it's me think just... of like the ring that like back upside down, like crab yes. walk. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. I'm not going to vomit, but I might. There's just something really inhuman about how this all changes and flips and there's that and they moment. do it every night they do it every night like that's the thing we find out about hinders tap is this happens every night and so what the people there have started doing is just making sure that no outsiders are there after dark and everyone goes to bed as soon as they can like before the sun sets so that regardless of what happened the night before they somehow wake up in their beds the morning of. So all you could do really is lock yourself in a room. I mean, otherwise you would have to repair everything in your house every day, like waking up to. They do. Like when, when Talmane's comments, everybody's like working on something and Matt says it over and over again. This person's clothes is really nice. Why are there patches and tears on it? Why didn't they just get new clothes but mm -hmm. if this is happening every night you don't have time for new clothes you know right so it's just it's such an incredible tool and it's real. like this one is terrifying so it doesn't what would affect you do? sleep sleep naked make sure all of your clothes are put away lock mm -hmm. yourself in a room yeah and hope that and hope for the best hope that you have a farm when you wake up the next morning <laughs> Right. There is this one section in the in that chapter where there are two women who are fighting and fall through a window. To yes. The ground. So it's a it's like barriers maybe will help, but maybe not. It's just everything about it is so vicious. It's so vicious. Mm -hmm. Matt comments that they don't even pick up rocks or anything to use as tools the majority of them just use their bare hands to attack other people and it's just it's this mm -hmm. whole town and when he explains like hinder's tap is roughly the size of bear lawn from eye of the world and so mm -hmm. this is not 
a tiny village like Emmons Field, this is a decent-sized right. place. So this particular bubble of evil has encapsulated an entire town, and it's just hanging out there. Like, I don't remember how long. How long had it been like that for them? Do you remember? I don't remember if they mention a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Just from hearing about what they look like and the amount of kind of disheveled outfits and stuff they're all wearing and them saying we need cloth. Mm-hmm. At this point, it seems like everyone has absolutely ran out of yep. any material to make right? So like, yeah. how long, how long would that last until you completely run out? Yeah. Don't know. It's a mystery. I don't know. This is one of those moments that could play out really cool on screen. Mm-hmm. And again, if it's wrong, it'll be cheese town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm actually thinking Game of Thrones, White Walkers, violence level. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, there's that episode, Hard Home. Where yeah. the zombie, you know, White Walker kids come back and yep. start killing people. And again, like, I think that there's, especially when it involves children, mm-hmm. where you're like, ooh, that's dark. Yeah. yeah. And I think that could be something very violent, scary, dark, mm-hmm. gritty. Mm-hmm. And again... It just has to be done right. Like the mood has to be right. So I think you would just have to bring someone in who does really like dark episodes. Someone, some writers that dabble in a little. Heck horror. yeah! Get some of the writers from American Horror Story. That would be yeah. that would make me happy. Yeah, I don't know some if that'd that... be the right kind of horror though. Yeah, that's yeah. He does like he also does musicals. Yeah, I had no idea that he was the same. They do Pose, too, don't they? I feel as though it's Ryan... Ryan Murphy. That's it. Yeah. And does he help with Pose? Is he one of the producers for that? Oh, yeah, 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 he does. Does he? Okay. But but I'm thinking of Glee. He did Glee as well. Did he really? Yeah, so like... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we could have a musical Henders Tap. That wouldn't go. be cheesy at all. <laughs> I'm not Andrew. I, I was like thinking, could I come up with something small and sing it here? But I'm not. I'm not. That's not me. But if we if we talk about Henders Tap, I just I think that the way that it is employed as a tactic in the last battle is just brilliant and i think that like brandon sanderson i mean i died something there i died i was like yes just like yelling hinders at what point at what point did it like did it click before they said it Mm -hmm. what was it I think as soon as it started explaining how the people were fighting, yeah. like yeah. mercilessly, like just like and that there animals. were women and children involved, and like just a few, like a handful of soldiers, like actual soldiers. That poor Ashaman is sitting above watching it, and he's like pissed. He's thinking about Matt, and he's just like, "This is wrong, Matt. Mm-hmm. Like you don't do this. Those are children down there." And he's like, 
having this like moment. And as I'm reading this, I'm feeling like grief and I'm feeling these same things. And I'm just like, it's the last battle. Like hard things have to come, I guess. And then when it clicked, I was like, yes, yes. Yeah, I think, he, I think the Asha man is like, what was the name of that town again? Hinder's Tap. So brilliant. So yeah. brilliant. I think the only thing that I had left that I wanted to kind of touch on is something that's in like on the wiki page where it says something about how part of there was something said about how he was that the the bubbles of evil were actually ripples from the last battle. Well, that's unfortunate because I, I read over that and I was really intrigued because there was really only like a very small chapter that kind of pointed that out. And I was like, that feels like a bit of a stretch, but okay. Mm. Oh, here it is. Uh, the Dark One's final onslaught against Randall Thor. There we go. It is indicated in a memory of light that bubbles of evil are actually the effects propagated backwards in time of the Dark One's final onslaught against Randall Thor at the end of Tarmangadon. And that is a bit of a mind bend to me. To, to be like, so your fight now rippled backwards through time to affect you at that point. I don't like it. It hurts, right? <laughs> I was just like, I don't, yeah. I don't I don't know about that. And the passage in A Memory of Light, there really is just like this tiny little paragraph where I was like, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Let's see here. Chapter 38. I There's was... also, too, the the theory that the pattern trying to heal itself is the reason why the hinders tap people keep waking up in the morning oh that's wild i didn't know that it got stuck you know like one side is (laughs) so they keep dying but then the pattern is like trying to fix it and the only thing that it can manage to do is like have them wake back up like restart this is your restart button so That's what do you think wild. happens? So after the last battle, do you suppose that all of the Hinders Tap people that die stay dead? That's what I was wondering, too. Does, is this the end of Hinders Tap mm-hmm. as we know it? Will that village just be empty now after the last battle? Or will the pattern work to correct itself and everyone will wake up in their beds in the morning? I don't remember if there's ever an answer to that or not. I suppose we could probably look it up at some point, but I did find the passage that I was looking for. Mm, okay. It says, the vast shadow thundered and shook. It set jolts through and across the world. The ground rent, the laws of nature fractured. Swords, swords turned against their owners. Food spoiled, rock turned to mud. And so that's it. That's like, what, four lines? And that's what people, or someone, I don't know if it's confirmed or not. I'm guessing it is because... Well, no, I don't think it's in the confirmed thing of Bubbles of Evil. But that is Is all the food spoiling, like, overnight also Bubbles of Evil and, like, the weevils and everything? Possibly. Because 
I feel like it should be. Yeah. And I think that that's what that's indicating because that's what we have over and over again is like finding and purchasing rotten food. And I can like definitely guys, see that being. Some guys in, insides turn into bugs and just like crawl out of his mouth, leaving yeah. like a deflated skin sack. <laughs> like his body oh, is like gross. an empty bag of wine. <laughs> Ew. It could be useful at that point. we'll ask the finn if they can do something with that (laughs) i have a feeling they could (laughs) we have this skin sack for you interested in trading here they're good traders those are the only things that i really had for bubbles of evil today um we'll keep it short and sweet because we have been doing so 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 much yeah if anyone listening is bored after listening to this shorter episode we have some stuff on youtube that is not on the podcast so yeah 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 so fun i'm good with this are you good with this i'm great awesome (laughs) i had fun it's getting dark (laughs) oh no Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week. Thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.